We're on. Welcome to the very first episode of Millennial Manifestos. We thought this would be a cool opportunity to create something together where we can talk about, you know, things that we encounter in life, the challenges and things that we undertake either by choice or not that um, bring growth to us. And like a little bit about myself is my name is Flynn and I run a video production company. Um, I tend to be quite business minded, very kind of action focused, I have a very busy mind. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a bit about me. I'm sure you'll learn more along the journey. Introduce myself as well too, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I'm Amy. Um, yeah, Flynn and I are a millennial couple who live in Brisbane. Uh, I myself, I think in the space of like being a, a partnership, I'm definitely the more sort of emotional, intuitive, more creative, flowy kind of thinker, um, which I think actually is really interesting in terms of a dynamic because we can really learn those different sides of each other and see how those are skills that we uh, can grow in. So uh, in terms of, you know, what do I do? So I work in the mental health space for an EAP uh, company, uh, so providing counselling for employees. I myself am not a counsellor, but uh, an account manager. So that's uh, something I really enjoy is building relationships. Uh, and I'm a meditation teacher as well too. So I've been practicing for around seven years. Uh, so something that's a big part of my life and I really try to, to live it and breathe it as much as possible in terms of everything that I show up to. Uh, am I, you know, in the present moment being as mindful as possible? And then the reflection piece that comes afterwards. So that's me in a nutshell. That's <laughs> pretty good. Cool. I think the first time that we managed to Joint forces on working on a joint project was creating your online meditation course. Mm -hmm. It obviously has video components into it and audio recordings and things like that. But then also yeah. leans into your own um, experiences that you've had. So I think like when it comes to say the mental health space and trying new things, it's something that I've always been open to and I'm pretty keen on exploring new things. Maybe not always, but maybe in my late 20s always I started um, dabbling a little bit more in that. But I think one activity that kind of springs to mind is the thing that we wanted to kind of talk about a little bit in this episode was, um, was it for my birthday, your birthday, or just... It was actually a Valentine's Day Valentine's present. Valentine's Day yeah. present. There you go. <laughs> a gift voucher. <laughs> yeah, you got me a gift voucher to do a 60-minute float tank experience. And I must admit, going into it, obviously didn't really know what a float tank was, but I had a pretty decent idea of what it was going to be. But the idea of sitting or laying in a place with no inputs for 60 minutes was like my mind was crawling prior to that being like oh what's going to happen am I going to be bored like probably what's going to what, what it's what is it going to be like so I think that um, experience in itself was interesting but it's like that you'd already done a bunch of times prior mm -hmm. to actually us undertaking that yeah, no, I think I've I, a handful of times. So I would say at least five times I'd been to a flight tank over the past couple of years. And I guess I bought it for you. I mean, part of when sometimes you give a gift, it's like couples float, right? Mm -hmm. Two people get to float, not in the same tank, but like we get to do something together, but mm -hmm. separately. Um, and so part of me thought, well, that's a really unusual gift idea. And I bet something that Flynn probably has never done before. Um yeah, so I was like, I'm really excited to see how you went with it, what your thoughts and feelings would be around it. Um, I knew myself I was going to absolutely love it and be in my little happy place. Um, but yeah, just it's a nice, peaceful gift, I think, to give somebody 
regardless of whether they've had experience with it or not. What was your first float tank experience like? My first float tank experience was uh, not the greatest. I will be totally honest with you. So I went to this place somewhere in Brisbane, like quite a dingy looking place. I was like, what am I doing? What am I getting myself into? Really lovely guy though. And the time float tanks were like a chamber. They looked like a coffin. So it was long Mm, (laughs) as opposed to like a like a pod, yeah. like a little a clamshell. So definitely worked on the aesthetics of them. Yeah, yeah. So it sort of looked like this this weird like little chamber that you're going into and uh, they told you to take your eye contact lenses out if you wear contacts and, and I do. And I think I was just so excited and nervous to go into it that I forgot to take my contact lenses out and it's salty water. You're in magnesium water. That's how you float. And I got into the tank and then I was like, oh, my eyes are a bit like you know, a bit irritated because you're not technically meant to put your full head under. But I, for some reason, I was splashing around in it. I don't know why. It's like a giant bath. I don't know why you'd need to do that. Um, and I got a little bit of salt water in my eye and I went to go touch it. And then I remembered I, oh, I didn't take my contact lenses out. And so anyway, I had a bit of a freak out being like, how do I get out of this thing so I can wash my hands with water, take my eye contacts out and then get back in. And so I panicked for a bit because you're in complete darkness. And like, where's the exit point? So um, I started off with a rocky start, but eventually once that was all sorted, then I was like, this is Obviously you managed to get out. Yeah, I got out and I I did all the things I needed to do to make myself comfortable to actually enjoy the experience. And then I had about 50 minutes of floating, which was, yeah, really cool. For anyone that hasn't ever experienced a float tank, so my very first time was when we went together uh, relatively recently and- there's a very like Zen experience that the whole thing is. So when we went in there, they sit you down, they let you have tea and stuff like that. And you can kind of get in the zone for it. Then when the time comes, they run you through like, oh, okay, cool. Like, here's what you're going to do. Obviously you're floating around in water and stuff. They show you like how to get out um, as well as there's a few different buttons and things on there, whether you want to turn on um, the interior lights and things like that. Um, and then pretty much just get told to like, well, have a shower yep. and then hop in the bath. Nakey. Nakey. 100%. <laughs> and then when you uh, get in, it's almost like you're sliding in a slime. It is slippery, yeah. It's very like... Yeah, yeah it's hard to really explain. Gelatinous kind of feeling to the... Uh, it's the Epsom salt. Oh, uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. So like all the salt in it that makes you float, it makes it feel very like gooey. When you hop in so for the first bit you're just kind of like floating around they're just banging into the wall and stuff as you kind of get yourself sorted um and they they tell you that they'll turn the music off after like 15 minutes or something like that mm. so at the beginning you just kind of like the lid comes down they look like little spaceships and you just kind of like start floating in there and i think for me the first 10 minutes 15 minutes i was like oh this is all right like the music's going and that kind of stuff and then the music stopped and then you just kind of like lay in there in dead silence and pitch so black. pitch black well i had the lights going okay. in there for a little bit yeah and so i was kind of like laying there with the light effects and stuff which i think helped me to begin with because it's still getting some kind of like stimulation mm-hmm. yeah then occasionally i like splash and stuff so you can still hear noises or touch the walls mm-hmm. but then i was like nah i gotta like give it 110 percent i'm here anyway in. go all in <laughs> and go okay so i turned the lights off Stop splashing and then just like laid there and just like closed my eyes and stared at them, looked at the ceiling and just laid there floating around. And it was really odd because I think about 
think I lasted about 10 minutes doing that before just had this like incredible urge to just touch the walls mm -hmm. and like touch things and start getting like some kind of sensory inputs mm -hmm. again. And so like I noticed that, started touching things. I was like, no, no, I bring myself back to like trying to do nothing. And the whole, like the first little five minutes was kind of like pretty okay. And then as time went on, like my thoughts start wandering heaps. Um, and then after a while, I think maybe about the 20 to 25 minute mark, my brain's starting to be like, we could just get out. We could totally <laughs> just get out and have a shower and then just sit in the chair outside or like get on the phone or do something else. So I think like my skin really started like crawling about the 25 minute mark floating around so mm -hmm. i was like no no we're here for this i'm gonna see how we see how we go keep going through it so i just went on these like up and down lulls of my brain being like touch things <laughs> get inputs like give me something to do um and then like random long trails of thoughts like just mm -hmm. like you just start fantasizing about stuff like imagine if i won the lotto and then there's <laughs> just all sorts of stuff you're ready to like be active mm -hmm. um and then I think that pretty much lasted until the end. I think I constantly kept trying to like bring myself back uh, into the moment. But I think maybe actually the last five, 10 minutes, I'd managed to kind of like settle myself down, but you lose all concept of time. Mm -hmm. But for me, I've had it really difficult where like the brain is just so used to so many inputs all the time. Like I'm always thinking about multiple things at once. And you can either like jump on my phone a lot, mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, the first... 15, 20 minutes was all right. If it was a 30-minute float, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Mm. But the 60-minute float really pushed me where at the end of it, I was like, fuck, this is, this is hectic. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it's like for you floating around and having experience with meditation. I got to say as well, even though Amy is a meditation teacher, I do not meditate regularly. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, so it's not something that I've um, completely practiced, like slowing down my thoughts and stuff. But what's it like for you floating around in the actual like darkness part, having had that practice? Having had the meditation practice, I do think it allows me to be in a really a mindset of compassion for myself. So I never go in there thinking I'm going to get into this water and then just drift off into like some other galaxy and feel completely like peaceful Zen state of mind. It really, I find just limiting the sensory awarenesses or inputs really helps me to just sit with what is. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds super boring for some people or it sounds like, oh, I don't want to do that. And it's like because the more we can kind of accept each moment for as it is, like the less uh, friction that we feel in the world, we're less controlling and we're more just like, you know what, I'm just going to allow what comes up comes up. It's going to have its little time to shine, but eventually it's going to pass and fade and then something else will grab my attention. What I think I really like about the float tank is because the the water temperature, I mean, it doesn't, it's not, it not only makes you float, so you're not actually, unless you bump into a wall, you're not trying to touch anything, but it's the water temperature is body temp. So it's, I think it's like around like 30 something degrees. I can't remember exactly. Um, and so for that, it, it sort of just feels like you're this little little blob because when you lose that uh, sensation in terms of you can't really feel your body unless you bump into something, you're just sort of there. And it's a very it's a very rare sort of space to be in because, you know, it, this world is so sensory. Like 
you touch stuff, you can feel yourself sitting, you can hear things, you can see things around you. Like there's so many different elements involved with being a participant in this world. Whereas in that landscape, it's very drawn back to me and my mind. And I think with being that patient witness or observer of the mind and letting things come and go, there's just this sense of um, you don't need to be anyone in particular. You can just be whatever that is. And that's really fucking liberating. I don't know if we can swear on this podcast, but I just did. <laughs> um, I think that's really freeing. And the, this life is so busy and it's so it, – there might feel like there's a lot of things we need to try and do or be, but it's nice to just go, you know what, I have no agenda today except for simply being with what is. I know there's a freedom in that. Very profound thoughts that you have floating around in the float tank. Yeah. I'm literally just sitting there like, my penis is slippery. <laughs> like, just doing like weird shit in the, like, it's yeah. so, it's such an odd experience. Process. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. But yeah. I think it's, um, it's surprising that you talk about like the freeing aspect of something because I know that coming out of it. So the experience in itself was pretty. I think intense is probably the politically correct way to say it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. it's very uncomfortable spending that amount of time and obviously it's like it's a practice thing so like if i went again if i went again right now it'd be the same experience again because it's been a little while since doing it and i don't meditate or anything in between but in saying that though coming out of the tank and then when we're sitting in the room afterwards and i give you a little bit more tea and stuff i think it's probably the clearest i've ever been able to think which is a weird sentence, I guess, but for me, thoughts are like a rolling wheel where they just keep uh, ramping up and rolling into an into the next thought, into the next thought, into the next thought. And sometimes this means that obviously you can get a lot of things done because you're constantly thinking about things and you continuously move forward. But it also means that sometimes it takes a bit longer to get things done or thoughts to be come to their conclusion because they're constantly rolling over the top of each other. And it takes you a bit to sometimes come back to a thing and then see it through to where you needed to go. Whereas I found that coming out of the float tank, I was still like, it wasn't like fully like just zenned out, couldn't think anything. Mm. It was very much, all of my thoughts were very singular. So if I started thinking about red cars, for example, I would just (laughs) be able to think continuously about red cars and see and be able to think that process through. So Mm. I found it was actually quite, empowering it made me wonder what would happen if from a business mind on what would happen if it did a flow tank and then immediately got out and started trying to do like process improvement Mm -hmm. work or anything like that which involves quite a bit of like logical thinking in sequence i think it would be really interesting to see what the uh impacts of that were i think meditation as well the times i've tried to give you a brief glimpse into that and it, it lasts for a little bit but that uh, feeling of like calmness of thought and not a busy mind and being able to just think um sequentially quite easily probably lasted for about four or five hours mm-hmm. after that and another thing we ended up going to like a dinner or something like that but um yeah that feeling of calmness and being able to think very clearly lasted for quite a while afterwards yeah. so that was really um interesting to me and i think that was when i was kind of like is this what relaxation feels like? <laughs> Might be scratching the surface, yeah. yeah potentially, yeah. But it was um, that was a really profound kind of moment for me. Where I was like, mm. is this what it feels like to actually be relaxed? Like, 
I don't think I've been relaxed in a decade. Yeah. Like obviously, you spend time being relaxed. Like you might be reading a book or something like that. But even then, it's you're still inputting and your brain's still moving and stuff like that. Whereas that feeling was very um, specific. Mm. Like you could really tell that there was a difference to the way that thoughts were happening yeah. uh, to prior. Now, I don't know how that compares to your experience when you get out of there or when you meditate. Um, look, I think it's really just that ability to take that time for yourself with no agenda. And it's like, okay, that's fair. let's see what's going to come up here. In terms of the single, single attention focus, mm. I find with meditation in general, because you are constantly in the practice of allowing what is, but also drawing yourself back to the present moment. A lot of the times that is through our sensory awarenesses. So whether that's noticing our breath or noticing sounds around us, concentrating on a certain piece of music or uh, visualization, they are all really there to help us redirect our focus and attention. And I find a lot of the times in life, you know, it's totally normal to wander, th wander through your world or your day and be, you know, absorbed by multiple different inputs to just have a space where your single intention or your time is to just take that time for yourself to be able to maybe not feel so shackled by all those responsibilities that come with being a human being in this world with, you know, a lot of sensory inputs. It probably just allows you to be in a state where you, it's almost like your brain takes a sleep, but it's not, it's not a sleep. Could be like sleep, but it's a gives it a rest yeah it gives it a rest in a way that is very intentional um so i'm sure that there's studies or maybe emerging studies i would love to see like you know scientists pl placing those little like attachments mm. to people's brains while they're in a float tank because it'd yeah. be super interesting and even just a case study in terms of not just one float tank session but like six eight weeks of doing mm -hmm. it once a week yeah, that that'd be super would be fascinating yeah. yeah yeah maybe you have to do it yeah, maybe I will be the, the pioneer for that. <laughs> That'd be a pretty fun yeah. study to be a part of, though. Like, yeah. Your whole job is just to lay there in the tank. Yeah. A couple of times. I volunteer. <laughs> Volunteers tribute. Yeah. So, Flynn, when are you going back to do another float tank? Do you have any feels plans? feels like a loaded question. Well, I mean, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it made such a shift for you. And I think if you're desiring mm. more of that in your life because you feel like it might overflow into other areas of your life that could positively benefit you, are you going to commit to another float tank or feel attacked? Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, like you, you're right, right. And reiterating this, because obviously it's like slipped my mind because it's been a couple of, what has it been like two or three or four months since we did the float tank. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next experience we had after that was like a spa experience. It was similar. -ish. It was more intense. I, re I realized that. I realized I'm a very <laughs> spa driven person. Um, but the roundabout way to your question is, Good, like good point. Yeah, probably is something I should put back up to the top of the agenda to give it another whirl. I still think sixty minutes is too long for me. It's a long time, and it got very uncomfortable. What made you uncomfortable? It's just real boring. Mm. Which is so like that's the whole point. That's yep. the whole point. It's but is to sit with those things yeah. that are maybe not so stimulating, boring thoughts, tedious thoughts. Like well, not just that. It was just. There's nothing to do, which yeah. is the whole point of it. I completely yeah. understand it. That's where that, I guess, that realization comes from. But again, it's like that piece and that uncomfortable thing. So I'd be interested to see what it would be like. What are the session times? Are they 30 minutes and 60 minutes or is it just a... 
I think from memory, it is uh, 60 minutes. You could do an hour and a half one, which would be an absolute no no deal for you, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> for me, I'd be like, yeah, I'd give it a go. Um, but hey, look. Oh, maybe 60 minutes is always, the way to go then. You could always ask. Nah. I'm I'm the passionate believer of if you don't ask, you don't get. True. So you could That's ask true. a float tank owner. No, it feels like <laughs> the universe is telling you like 60 minutes is it. Go for it. So maybe we've got to find a place in the calendar to put that. Mm-hmm. put that in and come back and see what it's like the second time around now that I've got a mm-hmm. bit of an idea of what to expect I think as well potentially uh, trying to be a little bit more diligent with say undertaking meditation practice or mm-hmm. something like that in the week or weeks leading up to that may potentially make that uncomfortable part of it less yeah, which sure. I'm interested to see that if that uncomfortable part of it is less will the benefits be greater because I can spend more time just in that floatiness? Yeah, the less control, yeah. letting go of that control. I, I would there you say... Go. That's a challenge then. I How would about, say it would I influence it. to that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That'd be there sweet. There go. But it's super interesting. So like we were talking about this the other week about why we even wanted to do a podcast. And for me, a big part of it is just an opportunity for us to take a moment out where it's kind of like a thing. So you have to sit down and take that mm-hmm. time out to just reflect on things. Like obviously like after after an event happens, you talk about it, you're like, oh, that was really good. But you don't spend a lot of time actually like reflecting on it as well as the mm-hmm. fact that we kind of thought it'd be a cool opportunity to um, assign things to explore like TED Talks or um, techniques and things like that to then go away and do it and then come back and have a chat um, about mm-hmm. that. And I'm sure there's other things that will bleed into what this becomes mm-hmm. and what it actually um, looks like in the, in the future in terms of like format. Um, but realistically, it's just an opportunity for us to share our experiences on things and our takes on the world as we kind of continue to grow. For me, mm-hmm. that's like growing myself personally, growing my business um, and seeing how that kind of looks into the future. And then for you, mm-hmm. that's probably growing your own business as you build the meditation space um, as well as some of those other activities you want to undertake. Yeah, I think I've just myself personally, I've just got a lifelong yearning to learn um, and then to really through learning, I think I can understand myself better and therefore I understand the world better so I can broaden my mindset but also um yeah, really just be in a space of um, doing doing things together as a couple that we can both, you know, grow and learn individually but then grow together, which I think is really cool. And, like, even the idea with the TED Talks thing to explain what it would be is we, uh, each of us, find a TED Talk. Uh, usually TED Talks are people who've had lived experience with something and they talk about, uh, you know, a particular technique they they invented or they created and it made a big shift in their life and they they tell the story about that and um i thought it'd be really cool to find different ted talks of people explaining different things that they have implemented into their life and challenge the other person to implement that thing in their life for like a week's time so when we're not going to be doing this for like months on end we're just going to be doing it for a week as a bit of a social experiment both personally and but then being able to share our experiences with that and then noticing where we've got some resistance because it's super natural to be like that is so out of my depth and my comfort zone like no 
But yeah, it's, I can already it's tell. understanding yeah. that. Why? Why am I so scared? I think my biggest resistance to things is the time it takes. Yeah. As well. Because like when you look at your calendar and they're like, oh my God, there's so much stuff to do this week. And then you're like, oh, I've got to learn a new skill set. You're like, oh my God. Mm. It gets a bit overwhelming. But within that struggle of being like, well, yeah, it's difficult and creating time for things is difficult. It's the only place that you can actually look to improve. Mm-hmm. tend not to improve by just doing the same doing thing. the same thing over yeah. and over yeah uh, although to get into the technical there like that's how you become a master of it's things is re- repetition yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. in the scale of like growing as a human being like it, you're constantly getting inputs and constantly changing which is why it's really mm-hmm. cool which is a super completely unrelated note uh, we we're filming with a lady this week and was talking about um just buyer's agent and she was talking about how a lot of first home buyers when they first come to her, like, oh, we're looking for our dream home, our forever home. And her normal advice to people is, like, scrap that thought. Yeah. Because yeah. we change every day. And so if you're buying for your, like, dream home, that's your dream home now. now. Yeah. <laughs> but if you – so you will become emotionally attached to a purchase, probably overpay, for a purchase mm-hmm. on a home – because it's your dream home and then fast forward five to 10 years and actually now you've got a growing family and you thought that you're just going to have one kid, but after having one, you're like, we're not done. And then you go have another kid and then you're like, oh, this house doesn't work anymore. And then you've like overpaid for it and it's in a weird space or something. Mm, but, interesting. Yeah. But brought that up because it comes to that like continuous change. Things are always changing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, being able to find the time and make the space to be able to try new things is super exciting to me. Yeah. Like if anyone goes hunting on YouTube, they can find my little experiment with doing like a 30 days of caffeine free, which yeah. they did. And then I, subsequently from there, I did a bunch of one month challenges, uh, which I didn't end up making YouTube videos of, but I still did the challenges in terms of like trying journaling and all these other things. Yeah. So for me, I'm really interested to see how those things both improve depending on what are the things that we do, either improve or change my own day-to-day way to show up but then also how i could implement those things into mm-hmm. things like my business as well as there's opportunities to teach things to other people such as employees and friends i think that's pretty exciting absolutely and you might just learn something from it but it's not really helpful or practical in your day-to-day life but it might have a really funny story attached to it or maybe through it you meet a really great uh friend like there's just so many possibilities i think when you're open to the world the world uh gives you what you need not necessarily what you want but what you need so um uh, yeah i'm super keen and excited to to see where it leads us and what funny stories we have to have to tell and share and hopefully it inspires uh, you listening as well to maybe give it a crack and see what's available to you, how you might surprise yourself. There you go on those profound words. I can't top that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the first episode. Thank uh, you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.